The Monday Investment Club is brought to you by Omnis Investments. This podcast is for information only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. If you have any questions, please contact your financial advisor. Welcome back to the Monday Investment Club. I am Rohit from Omnis and today I am talking to Jonathan Gosling, Investment Manager at Omnis. Hi, Jonathan. Thanks for coming back. Morning, Rohit. Thanks for having me. In today's conversation with Jonathan, we will be focusing on bond markets and looking at why they are an important part of a portfolio and how we go about it at Omnis. First, the week in brief. In the US, despite starting the week strongly, the S&P 500 was down 0.7% during the week. The major indices continued to move to record highs early in the week, but then lost ground as bond yields reached their highest levels in over a year. Energy stocks fell sharply as oil prices saw their biggest daily drop since the summer, seemingly driven by rising US inventories and demand concerns due to renewed lockdowns and the slow vaccination rollout in Europe. The Federal Reserve policy statement communicated that policymakers do not anticipate any rate hikes until 2023, along with their confidence that any increase in inflation would prove short-lived. Overall, economic data released during the week was worse than expected, owing to continued stress in the US economy, coupled with the impact of severe weather across the country in recent weeks. On the COVID front, cases continued to decline, although health officials expressed worries about the premature relaxation of social distancing measures and travel over the spring break vacation season. On the vaccination front, the country will have crossed the 100 million doses mark by last Friday. In Asia, the performance of Japan's stock markets was mixed over the week. Japan's exports fell faster than expected in February compared to the previous year, primarily due to temporary factors. US-bound shipments were dragged down by declining auto sales that were at least partly due to bad weather. Exports to China also slowed sharply, reflecting the Lunar New Year effects. Japan's Prime Minister formally decided to end the coronavirus state of emergency in Tokyo and other parts of the country yesterday, 21st March 2021. In China, stocks fell for the week, with the Shanghai Composite Index down 1.4%. Chinese stocks underperformed other Asian markets on Friday after negative headlines about the first day's talks in the US-China meeting in Alaska, with each side criticising the other. On a more positive note, retail sales in the combined January and February period rose compared to 2020. In Europe, the Eurostoxx 50 ended little change, returning 0.1%. Although central banks maintained their dovish policy stance to support an economic recovery, concerns about resurgence in infections in some countries limited upside. Germany, France and Poland took steps to contain a surge in virus infections. The European Medicines Agency reached a clear scientific conclusion that the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine was safe after many European nations suspended its use amid fears it could cause deadly blood clots. The ruling prompted Germany, France, Italy and other countries to resume its use. On the economic front, the Bank of France increased its 2021 forecast for economic growth. And in the Netherlands, Dutch Prime Minister Mark Rutte's VVD party won a clear victory in the national election to secure a fourth term in office. In the UK, the FTSE 100 declined 0.7% and the domestically focused FTSE 250 also declined 0.4%. The British pound was little changed against the US dollar, remaining at 1.39 US dollars per pound. The UK government said it may have to slow down the pace of coronavirus inoculations amid delays to vaccine shipments. 
Europe also threatened to introduce emergency controls on vaccine production and distribution and to stop vaccine exports to the UK, where almost half of all adults have now had a dose. The Bank of England kept the interest rates at an all-time low of 0.1% and said it will continue its existing bond buying programme. The central bank said that global economic developments had been a little stronger than anticipated last month and said bond yields had increased to reflect the stronger recovery. And that leads us on very nicely to the conversation with Jonathan. So, so Jonathan, the, the last few weeks or, or even months, um, all eyes have been on, on bond yields as, as yields in the US treasuries have, have been rising and investors have been talking about whether central banks, whether the Fed uh, in particular, whether they might be doing something around inflation and whether they're going to increase uh, interest rates, etc. And that's kind of driven um, yield, yield rises. And, and as you know, as yield rises, bond prices fall. Um, so at this point in time, uh, investors might, may start wondering whether they should even bother with fixed income. Um, and, and look, as, a, as an industry, we, we, we talk about bonds, we talk about fixed income. So, so for listeners, you know, bonds and fixed income are exactly the same thing. We just have this, this tendency in, in our industry to use those terms interchangeably. Um, but we always talk about fixed income and bonds being lower risk uh, in the long term compared to equities. And we also talk about diversification, the diversification that you get from, from uh, having fixed income in, in a portfolio. Um, are these characteristics still true today, given this current outlook for fixed income? Thanks, Rohit. And I think it's, it's, a, it's a very important, very pertinent question, especially now. Very, very simply, I would, I would say yes, we still believe that, that fixed income is a very important diversification tool to use within investment portfolios, particularly at times of severe market stress and severe market volatility. This is one thing that we saw in Q1 last year, for example, when, when the pandemic hit, is having exposure to high quality fixed income, such as US Treasuries or UK gilts was a very, very important um, diversifier um, to have and protector to have within an investment portfolio. So I would say very much so we are, we are medium to long term investors and we still believe that, that fixed income, which is a very large, very broad asset class, has a very important role to play. Yeah, and, and, and you mentioned a couple of things there. So you mentioned treasuries and gilts. So, you know, for, for the sake of, of our listeners, treasurers are bonds that are issued by the US government. Gilts are bonds issued by, by the UK government. So already you can see that there'll be differences between them two. But you also mentioned that this, you know, as an asset class, bonds or fixed income is, is pretty broad. Um, and uh, there's, there's a difference, as I said, in, in between bonds that are issued by different governments. Um, but there's also bonds issued by companies, and they will behave differently as well uh, between them, but also compared to, to government bonds. Um, so thinking about Omnis, uh, what do we have in, in our armory, I guess, um, in terms of funds that allows us to invest across all of these different bond markets? Absolutely. So I think fixed income has been a really exciting um, expansion within the Omnis fund range over, over the last three, four, five years. So today we've got five core fixed income funds um, which form key building blocks within model portfolios. And with that comes a good choice to invest, as you say, across different types of companies, different types of government debt, but also geographically making sure that we've got options um, for, for our investment managers to invest essentially any, anywhere within the world. 
Um, so at a, at a sub-asset class level, if you like, there's, there's three um, key areas that we divide it into. Um, government bonds, as you say, US treasuries and, 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 and UK government debt. And then we've got investment grade bonds. And I think one, one really interesting offering we have is, is the Omnus Sterling Investment Grade Corporate Bond Fund. And this is investing in company debt. And there's also high yield bonds. And these are lower quality um, government bonds. And with the fixed income funds that we have within the stable, we typically prefer them to have um, or a large opportunity set where they can take advantage of what is a very large, very expansive asset class. So I think a great example is the Omnus Short Dated Bond Fund. So this is a newer fund um, that was launched a year and a half ago. And this looks to invest very simply in short dated bonds. And your first question, you know, what is a short dated bond? So within the Omnus Fund that is defined as a bond which matures within the next five years. So this isn't investing in, in, in a security that, that's going to, 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 to mature or cease in 10 years' time or 15 years' time. It is, it is in the, 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 the short to medium term. And with that particular mandate, I think this is a great example when we're talking about fixed income, where where can it invest? And very simply, it can invest anywhere across those three sub-asset classes we've spoken about. So at times of real nervousness, um, or when valuations are maybe looking expensive, it might increase its allocation within, within government bonds, that real high quality area that you want to protect capital. At other times, it will have potentially significant exposures to investment grade bonds. So higher quality bonds that are investing in companies all the way around the world. And at other times, times like now, it will want to take a little bit more risk um, for more yield on offer. So you're increasing the income that's being produced and invest selectively in areas like high yield and emerging market. So these are companies that do have a slightly lower credit rating. But importantly, you, you know, we, we, we want to make sure that we're being compensated for that. And that happens by, by, by way of a, of a higher yield. So just a very brief introduction there to, to, to one of the five funds um, that give Omnus clients core exposure to, to fixed income as an asset class. Great. Thanks, Jonathan. And, and that example kind of brings to life a little bit the, the concept of, of active management and thinking about where you go within the, 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 the bond markets. And, and when, you, when, when you were on the, on the Monday Investment Club last, we spoke about active management within equities and you gave us examples of some stocks. Um, how do you apply active management within bonds uh, and how do our active managers go about investing in bonds? It's a very good question where it is this, it is this huge eclectic universe. And I think that is, that is a part of the real skill to divide that up. Um, where a simple example we have for the Omnis Global Bond Fund, it has a very broad based global benchmark. Within that benchmark, there are five and a half thousand different securities within that. So you think, how do you start to carve that up? very simply within the Omnis funds and not dissimilar to an approach um, that many of our equity managers adopt. It is that focus on individual company analysis. It is that bottom-up approach where it is looking at the fundamental prospects and the characteristics of, of each, each individual name. So I think maybe an example we used last time was, 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 was Vodafone. 
And for example, our, 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 our corporate bond fund would be a, a, approaching analysis of Vodafone in, in a similar way where it's looking at the company, um, it's looking at the balance sheet, it's looking at their prospects for, for the next five, 10 years, it's looking at how much debt they have. So typically it is that, that, that bottom-up analysis that's very intensive, looking at the detail of these companies and then marrying that with, with the debt issuances and the debt securities that they have on offer. So trying to find the most attractive securities to invest in um, that have um, uh, an attractive yield on offer um, but also have... Um, have have an attractive um, risk reward um, profile to them as well, and a lot of the times I think a focus is on is on protecting capital. With fixed income, it is it is a slightly asymmetric um, risk reward profile. Where if, for example, a security is yielding two percent, that that is that is the most that you can get back from from that individual from that individual company. However, if that company was to go bust you could lose all of your capital. So it is a position on the whole for, for our fixed income funds where, where it is approaching the asset class um, from a position of prudence. Um, we're firstly um, focusing on not losing capital and then a focus on, on, on what offers the most, the most attractive yields um, and where the best opportunities lie. Typically, it's a very intensive process of a bottom-up approach to, to individual company analysis. Where that approach differs a little bit is when investing in, in government bonds, where typically that is, a, that is more of a macroeconomic aware approach. So it is looking at the key drivers of bond markets, things like, things like inflation, things like what central banks are doing. So hopefully that's, that's a, a useful, very brief insight into what some of the key criteria are that our fund managers are looking at within fixed income. Yeah, and, 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 and Jonathan, it always baffles me in terms of how how much goes into, particularly around the fixed income side, because it's not just looking at company and, you know, you then have to think about the structure, so the issuance and the maturity and the yield and the risk reward. And then you then have to factor in, you know, the macro into it as well. So, you know, so much so much goes into the, the bond side of things. Um, and, and I guess on that macro side, I think, you know, the, la- the last year, uh, I think we're pretty much a year to the day since we entered uh, lockdown here in the UK. So, so happy lockdown anniversary to you! Um, but the last um, the last year have been have been interesting, as as I've always mentioned. Uh, what's it been like for for bond markets, and I guess our bond managers in in particular? It's been a very very interesting twelve months um, for, for for bond markets. Um, to be honest, it's been largely. Um, divided into into two quite distinctive periods. Um, there was a very uh, aggressive sell-off um, across across most markets um, as the COVID pandemic hit. Um, this was uh, a, a beneficial time for government bond fund managers in particular. So as you mentioned earlier, that inverse relationship where as yields fell, prices rose and that meant that, that there was an appreciation of capital, it was a positive return being generated. But at the same time, that was a very difficult time for a lot of companies. So company debt did have a tough time. So that was the sort of first part of the equation. And then at the end of March last year, we saw big interventions by central banks. We saw big stimulus hitting bond markets. And that led to what, what, what has been a very rapid recovery. 
Um, and I think what the last 12 months has offered has been really exciting opportunities for fixed income managers. With that volatility comes great dispersion. Um, and by dispersion, I mean a great range of outcomes. Some companies doing very badly, some companies doing well. And that's what you want for active managers, where that choice of, of, of different performance profiles um, to, to pick securities from. Pinning it back to the ominous range, by and large, it has been um, a, a strong period of performance, albeit over the short term. 12 months is, is, is a relatively short period um, of, of investing. Our typical investment profile and that of our fund managers is, is, is five years plus. Um, but I think it's important, important to comment on given the volatility that markets have seen. But the very simple answer is, is four of our five fixed income funds has, have, have beaten their benchmark, comfortably so um, in, in some instances. So that's the backwards looking piece. But I think on the forwards looking piece, what, what it's given has been really exciting opportunities for the next 12 months as well. As our managers have been able to rotate capital within their portfolios, select different securities as and when they've, they've, they've had a tough time selling securities when, when, the, when they've benefited. Um, it might be from a, from a credit re-rating. Um, so backwards looking, um, four out of the five funds within the fixed income stable ahead of their benchmark. Forwards looking, I think it's, it's really exciting and will be another really important period for active managers as well. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. And, you know, my key takeaways from here is, you know, despite what's going on in the short term around bond markets, you know, the, the, the diversification you get away from equities remains, you know, important. Um, within Omnis, we've got five different funds that kind of cover the breadth of, of fixed income for, for our investors. Um, and, you know, I think it became quite apparent as we've been talking to you, Jonathan, how important the active management of, of bonds is in terms of the amount of factors that go into, into thinking about how to build a, a bond portfolio. So uh, thanks for, for coming here today. And I know bonds is always a bit of a, a technical uh, area to discuss, but thank you for trying to kind of bring it down to a level that I understand and hopefully our listeners understand. So, and, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll have you back on again soon. Thanks for having me, Rohit. Pleasure to be here. That's it from Omnis Investments Monday Investment Club, available to you every Monday. Thank you for tuning in. The Monday Investment Club is brought to you by Omnis Investments, which is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority.